Welcome to the inaugural episode of The Rollout. My name is Jeff Pratt, and with me is co-host Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? Oh, it's going well. Glad to be here. Glad to have you, man. We're two guys from New Hampshire that just happen to be avid NFL fans and fantasy football players. I run a Twitter account called Hotline Fantasy if you're interested in checking that out for more content. Also, check out Trent's new Twitter, Trent, for all types of sporting news and advice. You know, we've been talking about making a podcast like this for a while, and with the ongoing global crisis, this gives us and you a chance to escape for a little while. The focus of this podcast is going to be a mix of NFL news, fantasy football predictions, advice, and more. As of now, the plan is to upload a new podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and we're going to kick off with an eight-part series where we analyze every NFL division and make our predictions for the actual season and for the fantasy football weapons on each team. So without further ado, the first division we're going to cover is the NFC South. And Trent, you know, what better team to kick this podcast off with than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some salt in the wound on this one, I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. You know, we're two New Hampshire boys, two Patriots fans, uh, seeing Brady leave and Gronk eventually join them. It really hurt. Yeah, I mean, the the Gronk thing was just the, the nail in the coffin, you know. Brady leaving, I, I think we could have seen coming. Um, I didn't know if he was going to the Bucks. Couldn't couldn't have predicted that. Um, but Gronk choosing to come back to the NFL to leave the Pats and jump with Brady, which is understandable. Like, don't get me wrong, but it, it hurts. It really does hurt. It does hurt. And you know, you said that uh, we didn't really expect Brady to leave for the Bucks. We saw him kind of leaning towards leaving. But I think you know, as Patriots fans, the only destination we saw that was feasible was him going to like L.A. or Las Vegas. You know, one of the bigger markets. But nope. You know, he took his talents to the beaches of Florida, just like LeBron James. Well, you know, he's he's trying to go for an all-time run here, like join this team that, you know, didn't have a great year last year. And it's also the destination of the Super Bowl for this year. So, like, if he can figure this out and, like, pull off some unbelievable heroics and he has the weapons, it's not a question. Like, he has a chance to take this team and win a Super Bowl at, at their home stadium, which would be incredible. Absolutely, man. I can't agree with you more. So let's get into the details of this Buccaneers team. I think we should probably start with the key additions, uh, which we obviously touched on a little recently with uh, Brady and Gronk. But I also want to highlight uh, Tristan Wirfs a little bit. He was that off- offensive tackle from Iowa that they drafted in the first round and they traded up with the 49ers, I think, to get him. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it was a smart move on their part. Wirfs was, was honestly projected in a lot of mock drafts, top five. So to see him drop that far um, and in a position where they need an offensive tackle, like it's a great move for them to trade up. Um, and it just, I think it shocked everyone. Like everyone's like, oh, it's like, he's not like from like one of those power Alabama Clemson schools. He's not, he's not, he wasn't that type of player. But when they showed the video of him jumping out of the pool, caught everyone's eye on draft night. Oh my God, it was crazy. It was unbelievable. The dude is a monster. He's an athletic specimen. He really is. Yeah. I mean, what better way to help out your newest free agency acquisition in Brady than beefing up the line to protect him, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's going to be a really important um, factor from the season is keeping Brady um, just off the ground in general because I don't know how many uh, more hard hits Brady can take before, you know, he can start to crumble. Uh, He's... He's getting up there in age, like he's 
I think he's the oldest. He's definitely the oldest quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, he's going to um, be forty-three years old heading into next season. Yeah, it's absurd. But if and, you know, they want to get as much out of him as they can. They're not expecting to have him for many years to come. They're they're kind of going for a boomer bust with this one. But if they can just protect him, um, you know, let him just stay in the pocket, um, have as have some time. I mean, he's gonna find success if that if that O line can can just you know keep him safe. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about a lot of big ifs here. If the O line can give him time to stay in the pocket, so you know, why don't we just jump into the predictions? I guess. Well, how do we think this Bucks team is going to do this season, Trent? I know we talked about this a couple times before, specifically uh, the NFC South and who's gonna come out of it. So I'll let you start. I mean. Personally, for me, I think um, the Bucks have put themselves in a position um, for success compared to where they've been, you know, the last 15, 20 years. I mean, they, they have these wide receivers that really started to, to flourish last year with Jameis Winston at quarterback. So to give them someone like Brady um, throwing the ball to them, it's, it's going to be um, even better for them. They're going to have a lot a lot of passes that are easier to catch that they won't have to do as much as they did last year. Um, but I think, you know, they got Brady, they added Gronk, he's got the weapons um, and, and, and they beefed up with some of their picks. You know, I think that they are, um, I mean, they have a, they have a chance to make the Super Bowl. I don't see it happening personally. I mean, that's, that's ultimately the Bucks goal this year with, with what they've done. Um, but personally, I think they're going to be a team that, you know, makes the playoffs isn't isn't the top team out of the out of the NFC South and um, we'll get into that a little bit later uh, just as a personal opinion but I think they're going to lose in the divisional round you know I think I think they're definitely over 500 and they're they're probably you know a 10 11 win team uh, maybe maybe a I don't know three three or four seed um, in the NFC but I see them losing the divisional round I, I don't see them uh, making it to the uh, the NFC Championship game or or, or the uh, Super Bowl, but th- that that's my opinion. Absolutely, I mean, you and I don't agree on a lot of things, especially when it comes to football. The conversations we've had before, but I think we uh, we're pretty similar in our opinions on this division, who's going to come out of it, which, as you said, we will get into later. Uh, but I mean, I agree with most of what you said about the Bucks. I think they're going to be above five hundred, but I will say that you've been saying that uh, Brady's going to make the receivers lives on that team easier his presence i'm not so sure about that i think brady's going to really struggle to connect with his new targets he's going to want to go to gronk in these clutch situations as we've seen that he did in new england and i think that's definitely going to frustrate players like godwin and evans who are used to getting the ball and getting a lot of targets from Jameis winston also as patriots fans we know that brady can't really throw the deep ball and that's especially what these two players godwin's and evans they're both uh Average yard per catch was, I think, over 15 or just over 15 for Godwin and around 17 for Evans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are not really working in the short to intermediate passing range that Brady is used to with his weapons he had on New England, like Edelman and even Gronk. So I think there's going to be an adjustment period. As I said earlier, Brady's going to be 43 by the time the season comes around. We definitely saw him take a step back last year. Was that because of the lack of weapons? Maybe. But I am still concerned about him being in a new situation and struggling to adjust, or at least taking some time to struggle to adjust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I I think the the wide receivers like like Evans, Godwin, 
they're going to see less targets. You're right. He's not going to be able to throw as many passes as Winston did. But I'm more saying that, you know, Winston broke records with how many picks he threw last season. 30-30 club, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he a lot of his passes were overthrown, underthrown. They, they were, the, the, the quantity was there for, for how many balls he was throwing to them, but the accuracy was off. I mean, the guy had um, eye surgery in the office. The, <laughs> yeah. the guy was literally blind. He can, so, read, he can read street signs now. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I know. He's coming into the next season with 2020 vision, yeah. as he might say. But um, I, I really think Brady's going to be able to you know, put, the, put the ball in places where it makes – like it's like Godwin's life a lot easier out of the slot to catch it in stride and be able to get a lot of like um, like yards after the catch. I, th- I think uh, their numbers are going to go down. Like Evans and Godwin's numbers cannot stay as high as they were last year. Like those are unsustainable numbers. But um, are their lives going to be easier? I think yes. That's just me though. That's, That's fair. Opinion. You know, I think. I think personally the addition to Gronk is what is going to be the main part in making their lives more difficult. Because if you saw with Jameis Winston last year in that offense, really didn't throw the ball to O.J. Howard that much, which was very confusing to a lot of people watching because we know how talented Howard is. And it seems like he's just going to ride the bench or be more of a key blocker in their game this year if he's even on their roster to start the season. But we know how reliable Gronk is a target for uh, Brady. And I just, I'm concerned, to be honest with you. I mean, red zone targets, 100%. It's going to be the corner lob to Gronk, which you've seen for years. Absolutely. But when when we've been, like, if you've been watching these Buccaneers games the last couple of years, those balls are always going to Mike Evans. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's losing, he's going to lose those targets now. It's not going to be, it's not the lob to Evans anymore. It's the lob to Gronk. But... The touchdown numbers may go down, but he's still going to see his fair share of targets. Like their running game is going to be close to non-existent. I mean, Ronald Jones—they have him. They have—they think they signed some. They drafted a rookie, maybe or something. But it's—it's just—it's going to be pass, pass until Brady's arm falls off. I agree, and you know that could be sooner or later. (laughs) It could be week five. The running backs. The running back that uh, you were talking about that they drafted was Keyshawn yes, Vaughn. that's right. Um, yeah. So he's definitely going to give Rojo some uh, competition for touches. But we've talked a little bit about how all of these various assets are going to do. So why don't we jump into uh, our predictions for the fantasy side of the Buccaneers since we've been talking about Yeah, that. I mean, um, as of right now, I, I think uh, Evans and Goblin are like, 12 13 13 14 for ppr that's like where their 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 pre-draft rank is um i i I see them in a lot of drafts falling to you know 15 16 i think godwin still has a lot more value um ppr wise than evans i think godwin's gonna get a lot more catches out of the slot um he's gonna get the yards after catch I, i i think you're not going to be necessarily looking for the touchdowns with Evans anymore. You're just looking hopefully for a strong connection between Brady and Evans um, to increase those numbers. I don't think Brady's um, honestly, he's going to, he's not going to be throwing the ball that much. The quantity's not going to be there. So just the fantasy numbers are not going to be that high. Um, he's kind of been falling off year after year um, as he's aged. Um, Gronk's an interesting one personally. 
I I like Gronk. I think he's gonna get touchdowns, but he's only gonna he's not gonna get the catches he used to. Like, don't expect him to get more than like, I don't know, fifty, sixty catches a season. Like, that's it. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, he's also two years removed from playing competitive football. He lost a lot of weight, which, as we know, he said that he's working towards gaining that weight, but he hasn't played professional football in this a long time. Yeah, so I agree with most of what you said. Um, look at their rankings from last year. Goblin obviously had a stellar year, finished as wide receiver two. This is PPR, by the way. Uh, Evans finished as wide receiver 14. He had that stretch of like four or five games where he put up like 40 points per that, game, yeah. and then he just disappeared at the end of the year. Brady also finished as QB 11. So while we were talking a little bit earlier about him having a down year from a fantasy perspective, wasn't that awful. Um, looking at this from a strictly fantasy perspective, uh, I think Brady definitely finds himself in the top 10 for uh, fantasy quarterbacks, even if he doesn't have a stellar year. He's got so many weapons at his disposal that it's going to be hard for him not to be one of those elite quarterbacks. Um Evans, see, this is where we disagree because I personally think that Evans is a target that's more suited for Brady. Mm. He's that big body. You look at the difference between the two of them. Evans has got three, four inches on Godwin. Godwin might be a little faster, but I feel like we did see Evans working in more of that intermediate passing zone, like over the middle of the field where we know Brady loves to target players. I just feel like Evans, he has more potential. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, like you said, he's more of a, a Brady um, receiver, like in the middle of the field. But I think Evans and Gronk are going to compete more for targets than you think. I don't think Godwin's going to have that worry. He's going to be more of a slot or, or, or deep threat. And I don't think, like I said, I don't, I don't think Evans and Gronk are really going to affect um, Godwin's touches a lot. I think Evans and Gronk are going to correlate. One guy's either going to, um, have a lot of targets, the other guys and have a lot less. I think that's that's how it's going to be. So that's why I just like Godwin more. I think he's he's less of a risk when drafting because um, they're in this. I mean, Evan and Godwin are like literally in the same spot. So if I'm going to take a guy personally, I'm going to go Godwin. Um, but uh, like he had a breakout year. It could have been a fluke. There's lots of there's lots of I guess factors. But for me, I'm going Godwin over over Evans if I'm if I'm doing a. Yeah, fair enough. You know, we really do have to move on to the next team, but I'll pose one quick question before we do. Gronk, top five fantasy tight end in twenty twenty, yes or no? I'm gonna go with no. I, I'm gonna be honest. I, I think there's a there's a lot of good tight ends. Um, even guys that are lower on the list. Um, a guy we'll talk about um, later in the episode, Austin Hooper, who Jeff has been in love with for a little while now, um, fantasy wise, of course. Uh, I th- I think that um. He, and he's he's really low in the pre-draft rankings. He got really big years. A lot of guys that um, could have could have big years. I agree. All right, let's move on to the Saints. Uh, so we'll look at their key additions first because you know that's what we did with the Buccaneers. So obviously they added Emmanuel Sanders, who I think both of us are in love with that acquisition. Yeah, big fan. Uh, and then they didn't do that much in free agency besides uh, adding Emmanuel Sanders, but they did have a, have a pretty good draft, in my opinion bringing in uh, Cesar Ruiz, the Michigan center, as their first-round pick, and also snagging Adam Troutman, the Dayton tight end, at the end of the third round, I believe it was, which was a steal. You know, He was most uh, ESPN draft experts' second overall tight end. So, And they got him over, I mean, look at the guys the Patriots took, Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi in the earlier third round. So, yeah, I mean, 
I think got a bit of a it's there. it's interesting for me because um, they have Jared Cook, who's going to be um, their main target at the tight end position, at least in in the passing game. Of course, um, Adam uh, Adam Trotman may come in more in the blocking um, side of things, but I, I think Jared Cook be the guy even drafting um, Trotman in the third round. And like like you said at the beginning, I mean, I'm a big fan of Emmanuel Sanders. I've been a big fan of Emmanuel Sanders. I think with Drew Brees at quarterback, he's going to see a lot of balls. I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought I thought he he was a cheap he was a cheap sign for the Saints, and he's going to do great. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, jumping into the predictions for their season, I'd say you know we're also on uh, similar pages on this one, just with one slight tweak, and I might as well go first. Um, the Saints are my Super Bowl favorites this year, and I know that might be surprising given how dominant the Chiefs were and even the 49ers, but on, uh, on paper, the Saints roster is immaculate. We look at the last couple of years where they haven't really been able to put it together. Michael Thomas hasn't had that second wide receiver to take attention off of him, now he finally gets that guy again in Emmanuel Sanders, who, as you mentioned earlier, he's a really good player. He's going to be a really good fantasy asset, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Alvin Kamara is going to have a better year. Even Latavius Murray as the handcuff for Kamara when it comes to fantasy. But as a running back from a f- pure football standpoint, he's been really good. He was really good for them last year. And then obviously adding Adam Troutman to go along with Jared Cook, who had a bit of a down year last year. But I think that offense is just, while it might not be the most high-powered offense in the league, it flows, in my opinion, and I think it's going to be the most productive and best. Yeah, and I think something you also think about is the Saints have a really strong defense. I mean, Cameron Jordan, Janoris Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins, um, Kiko Alonso. I mean, the the list goes on. Their their cornerbacks are really strong. Um, I know it didn't look very good when they played the Vikings a few years back when that – Whole, whole thing happened, but um, they're, they're really good on yeah. both sides of the ball. Um, they're probably the um, the most well-rounded team in the NFL, I'd say. I, I really do like them, too. Um, predi- prediction standpoint, um, I have them as a Super Bowl contender. I don't put them as my favorite. Um, I think it's really hard to um, – well, I, I can see them winning it. I see the Chiefs this year. When he hit it again, I mean, Pat Mahomes is a beast, but that's the, that's the talk for another episode when we get to, to that um, division. But, um, yeah, I'd I say they're, they're a contender. Um, I think they're really strong on both sides of the ball, like you said. Um, I think if they do win it all, I think Drew Brees wins MVP um, uh, on, on, the, on the gambling side of things. I think he's a really good um, bet at, at, like, plus 2,000 right now. Um, but yeah, I think with Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Sanders, Kamara, um, Latavius is, it's, I think he was a really good running back when he was, uh, on the Raiders. He's had some, he's had some, yeah. um, bright flashes. I think if Kamara even was to go down for some reason, their production numbers really wouldn't go down that much. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I could see them as a favorite. I have them as a contender. Um, but it's going to be a really strong showing this year for them. They're going to have like a 12, 13 win season, even in the, in the toughest uh, uh, division. Yeah. I mean, I think that a narrative that's been really underlying throughout this off season is that this is Drew Brees' last dance. He, uh, 
reports came out a little while ago saying that he was actually planning on retiring, but they convinced him to come back for one last year. And we haven't heard that much noise about it because Drew Brees is such a solid quarterback that he's not playing like he's going to retire anytime soon. But I think with this being his last year, they're going to go all in. They might make some moves before the trade deadline if they notice any holes they have to fill. And I really like the chances going. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I get, I'm not disagreeing with you on this one, Jeff. I, I'm a big fan of the Saints. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, moving into talking about the fantasy assets on the Saints really briefly. There, there are, are a lot. I mean, Drew Brees, Drew Brees usually finishes as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Obviously, injuries held him out of that list, and he finished as QB 20 last year. Michael Thomas was wide receiver one, broke the receiving record, had an insane year, still one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Somehow, he still is. Emmanuel Sanders was a top 30 wide receiver last year. Kamara had a bit of a down year, finished as RB9. Latavius Murray, you know, we were both really high on him. He finished as RB26 in PPR leagues. And I think he started three or four games this year. I mean, year. And, and that is as a backup, too. I mean, and that's. That's pretty impressive. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a necessary handcuff to have. And Jared Cook, who I didn't mention before, very quietly but efficiently finished as tight end seven on the year. So when you look at the Saints, I think you look at two top six picks. Michael Thomas is going to go somewhere around that two to four area, in my opinion, depending on if people want to take running backs, people want to stress taking receivers. And Kamara, I'd be shocked if he falls past six. He hasn't been in recent, at least, PPR moth drafts. Uh, Murray's a necessary necessary handcuff if you have Kamara. And uh, Sanders, he's he's definitely an intriguing pickup in late rounds. Yeah, no, I, I think Sanders, I think he's, like, in, in the pre-draft rankings, he's in the he's in the low hundreds, like 105, 106, something like that. Um, I think he's a really good guy to, um, to draft in your leagues. Um, I agree with Michael Thomas, drafting in between two and four. I think Kamara is going to go around six. Um, I think Breeze is in a clump of quarterbacks right now, at least what the pre-draft ratings are, ratings are at. He's in there with, like, Josh Allen, Rodgers, a few other guys. Um, and I think he's a, he's a quarterback that, um, you know, if he's sitting there, I'm, t- I'm taking him over Rodgers. I'm taking him over um, Matt Ryan. I don't know about Josh Allen. We'll talk about Josh. I mean, we, Allen we, in will, we will. We will. You, you know how I, I, I know, am but I, I do think Drew Brees is, is a is a is a solid starting quarterback for your fantasy team. Definitely don't overlook him. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a great fantasy team. It's been a great fantasy team for the last couple of years. I think Kamara has the potential to push for being the number one running back if he's healthy all year. Uh, draft these guys, man. Draft the Saints. All right, let's move on to uh, the Falcons now, who is a, they're a very intriguing team this year. Uh, looking at their key additions, obviously they brought in Todd Gurley, who Trent and I are both very high on. Uh, they brought in Hayden Hurst, uh, traded for him out of Baltimore, who I believe he was a first-round pick, was it two years Hurst, ago for yeah, Baltimore? Uh, he, yeah, I think he was a first-round pick. He was very highly touted, I know, coming in uh, to the league, but he didn't really produce because looking at Baltimore's tight end situation, obviously they have – Nick Boyle and Mark Andrews, who's a stud. There wasn't a lot of room for him to catch many balls. Uh, and then through the draft, uh, they took Clemson cornerback A.J. Terrell with their first-round pick and Auburn defensive end Marlon Davidson with their second-round pick. And 
while we can talk about Todd Gurley, which I'm sure we will, I'd like to give them props for addressing their need on the defensive side of the ball. Because in my opinion, that's really what's been holding the Falcons back these last couple of years. They always seem to get crucial injuries to the defense. Yeah, their defense. And like early in the season, people are going down for them. But uh, they really took steps necessary to address those needs. Because offensively, they're a dynamic team. I mean, might as well talk about Todd Gurley now, Trent. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I mean, I think yeah, I think he's he's an ATL guy. Um, he's going to be playing um, in an area where he's going to find a lot of support. I think he's he's going to really perform. I think I don't know where he's getting drafted right now, Jeff. Maybe I think he's pretty rough. Maybe twenty five ish, thirty five ish. Yeah, he's 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 sitting in like yeah. the early third round, which is um, great value. But I think him. he can really do well with this team. I mean. Um, they've had success when like Freeman was healthy in the system. Freeman did really well. And, and they got a guy who literally was the best running back in the NFL, maybe two years ago. Like he put up, he put up absolutely numbers and, and, and one down year, everyone forgets about him or, or, or a couple of down seasons. I mean, this guy is still young. He still has all the talent. Um, I really think Gurley could, could do well here. I mean, they're not going to really show any competition towards him. Like they're going to hand the ball off um, a, a lot. Like he's, he's getting, like it's an offensive team. They, they want to have as many possessions as possible on offense. I mean, it's going to be Matt Ryan to Julio uh, and, and Gurley on like third and short. Like that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And I mean, quickly addressing the notion that Todd Gurley had a down year or had a bad year, as some people are saying last year, compared to his 2018 season, where in my opinion should have been an MVP candidate, was a real contender for that award. Uh, he had a great year 2019, statistically wise. From a yard standpoint, you know, he didn't get over a thousand, but he put together, he scored 14 total touchdowns, still had a thousand total uh, all purpose yards. Like he had a pretty decent year for a running back, especially in a Rams offense that wasn't nearly as productive as yeah, they were and, the year and prior. He's a guy that can, you know, take the short dump down passes, the pitches. Uh, he can make he he can make his way. He can weave his way through the defense and 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 get some serious yards. So uh, I think he's he's a great added for the Falcons. Absolutely. Um, one of the key losses that the Falcons actually had, who Trent touched upon earlier, was Austin Hooper, who signed with the Cleveland Browns on a pretty lucrative yeah. deal, but they did. They did add Hayden Hurst, who uh, we'll talk about his uh, fantasy levels, or not fantasy levels, but um, fantasy ceiling later on. Uh, but I'm pretty high on him, and tr- I'm not really sure how Trent feels about that, but we'll get into that. Hooper was a great player for them. He uh, had a really good year, and then obviously went down with injury. He's had some injury concerns over the last few years, if uh, I'm not mistaken. And I don't really blame the Falcons for not paying him because they're not really in a position where they're pushing for a Super Bowl right now. Yeah, I mean, but uh, the, the he deal he got deal. from from the Browns is absurd. I mean, don't get me wrong, Hooper's a great like he's a great tight end. He he did his thing in Atlanta. Um, he went from like not not a real big name to like a household tight end. You know, he's all he was a top five, top ten guy the last couple of seasons. But wow, they really paid strong on him and. I hope I hope Baker can connect with him. Yeah, four years, forty-four million dollars, twenty-three million guaranteed for Austin Hooper. Was the tight was tight end one for uh, a majority mm-hmm. of the year last year from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, went down into the injury. 
hopefully he can bounce back from that injury and put together a great campaign for the Browns. But that's a really crowded offense. That's a discussion that's right. for another time. All right. Uh, jumping into the predictions for the Falcons season. Trent, why yeah, don't I mean, you take it? I, I, I think they're a really good team. And, and like you you touched upon um, at the beginning with their, with their draft picks, I mean, they've had the injury bug on defense. And that's been their biggest um, – I guess bump in the road because they're a team that puts up like a lot of points every night they go out there. Like they're, they're, they can easily put up like 30 to 40 points if they want to. But the problem is they were giving up 30, 40, 50 points. So uh, I think if, if their defense can stay healthy, um, even in this tough division, they could pull out like eight or nine wins and try to, to squeak in um, as a wild card team. Um, I think it's going to be really difficult, like like I said, just because they're in the best um, division in the NFL. I, 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 for their sake, I wish they were in a different division. They find a lot more success just because they would have to play, you know, the Saints twice, the Bucks twice, and the Panthers twice. Um, could we see them as a wild card team? Yes. Um, I'll honestly, what happened just because of the division they're in? Probably not. Um, but I, I like their team. I like what they've done, um, and. I think in the next couple of years, they're going to find themselves back in um, NFC championship conversations and um, maybe even the Super Bowl. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. They definitely have the talent and the power to do that. They have a lot of firepower, especially on that offense. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, this is also a fantasy powerhouse mm-hmm. of a team. I mean, you look, you look at Matt Ryan, consistently finishes as a top 10 fantasy quarterback even though his talent really is questionable. I'm not a huge Matt Ryan fan. I mean, he's, you. A, he's, a, he's a BC guy. You got you to gotta have some, some like for him. I, I guess so. I mean, I'm an Emerson student, so BC is uh, – I don't have a ton right, of right. to them. But uh, moving on, Julio Jones, we haven't talked about him before, but the dude is arguably the most consistent and reliable fantasy asset of the yeah. last five years. Finishes wide receiver three last year in PPR leagues. He's a monster, and it, it seems like he plays every season hobbled with some sort of injury, but he just finds a way to play through it. He's obviously getting up there in age. He's going to be 31, I believe, uh, for the start of this season. But as long as he can stay healthy, especially with Hooper leaving, I don't see a reason why he can't push for even the number one spot as a fantasy. I mean, I, mean, I, I could see him as wide receiver one. I mean, um, he's going to see a lot of targets. Um, I mean, of course, Michael Thomas is, is going to have an, an exceptional year. But, I mean, like you said, Julio Jones, for the last five years, is the most consistent wide receiver fantasy-wise. Um, and he's, he always um, gets a lot of yards. He gets the red zone targets. Like, he's a great guy. I guess, like you said, biggest worry for me is, you know, he's getting up in age. For some reason, I feel like he gets, like, turf toe every year for, like, three games. Um, don't know how that happens. Um, yeah, he gets like he picks up little yeah, ankle some, injuries some, something here and there. Uh, Calvin really freak athlete. Got, yeah. Guy's a great football player. Um, he he's got great hands, and he's gonna see he's gonna see more he's gonna see his targets go up with, with Hooper Grime. I mean, now they brought Hurst in, but um, I think really um, is is a, is a good guy to draft, um, especially you know as a wide receiver two flex type of guy. I think he's got a lot of potential. Absolutely. I mean, if Calvin really is your flex. You're doing something right in fantasy leagues this year, as long as you have two, like, capable of running backs mm-hmm. on that roster. Uh, we really didn't get to see what really was capable of as the Falcons' number two 
option on offense in uh, 2019 because he went down with that injury at the end of the year. But um, we're going to see that next year. I think he could have a monster year. He could definitely push for yeah. top 15, especially PPR-wise. Uh, Todd Gurley, we're both so high on Todd Gurley. He finished last year as RB14, put together a pretty good statistical and fantasy season despite not getting that many touches for the Rams because Sean McVay wanted to save him for the postseason, which they didn't even end up making. I hope he learned his lesson on that one. But, um, yeah. And apparently the Rams still owe this man money. Like, well, what are they doing? I don't know. Yeah. Getting back to the topic, uh, I think Gurley could push for top five RB next year from a fantasy perspective if the reports are true that, in fact, he is back to prime explosive Gurley. Uh, I don't see yeah, why I, he do I it. think where he's being, it, like his pre-draft um, ranking is, I think it's really low compared to like running backs are being valued very highly as of right now, what we're seeing in drafts. Um, Jeff and I have done a lot of drafts and seeing where guys go. And people are reaching for a lot of running backs. Um, and so if you're going to, it's not even reaching for Gurley. Like Gurley's not a reach type of guy. Like he has, like Jeff said, like top five um running back potential um so i can see like i can totally fathom someone taking him um like a 20th to to 25th pick um even though his pre-draft ranking might be lower like you need those running backs get him on your roster girl is a guy you know has the potential to even be an rb1 so why not um just reach a little bit for him and make sure you get the guy you want in your team Absolutely. I mean, you said it best. If you check out my uh, most recent mock draft for the breakdown, too, you notice that I said that uh, running backs are scarce in this year's draft. The receiver depth is off the charts. You can pick up potential like low-end wide receiver one guys, in my opinion, in like rounds four or five, depending on like where Keenan Allen's falling. Stephon Diggs, I'm extremely high on. I wouldn't call him a wide receiver one, but he's definitely high-end, too. Those guys, those type of guys are falling. Julian Edelman was a top 10 fantasy receiver. He's fallen to like six round in mock drafts. This year. It's crazy. But you need to take running backs while you can. If you miss out on Todd Gurley, chances are then you're shooting for David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell as your last capable, reliable workhorse back. Devin Singletary, you can yep. throw in there, who I know we're both high on. But, uh, yeah, you really need to take running backs while you can. And then finally, moving on to uh, – their tight end, we've talked about uh, newly acquired Hayden Hurst, who obviously hasn't been great for the Ravens in uh, his two years as a pro, I believe. He's played uh, for them. He finished 2019 as tight end 31. So obviously a big yikes there. But we know that uh, the Falcons love to use tight ends in their system, especially through the passing game. I think he sees a huge jump in targets, could push for top 15, top 10 tight end value. Uh, I think that he is a great value pick for where he's going in drafts right now. You could probably scoop him like the ninth, tenth round. Why not take a chance? Yeah, I mean, I think at, at the tight end position, especially um, on the Falcons, he doesn't have any guys. Like a lot of teams have a second tight end that are like decent. Or they they drafted a guy pretty high. I feel like the Falcons didn't really do that. They have a lot of faith um, in Hurst. I, I think he can be good. Um, I'm not a big fan uh, of him. It's it's that's just that's just me. Um, I think he's he's not going to see as many targets as you may think. Even being the sole tight end tight end one on the, on that team, um, I think the, the ball is going to go a lot to Julio and Ridley and a lot of short dish to, uh, like pitches and dishes to to Gurley. 
um, is he a suitable guy to draft? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, if, if he is your tight end, uh, tight end, your starting tight end, or um, like an early backup, def, definitely could see that happening. Um, I would definitely draft him if he starts dropping on boards. Um, but for me, he's not the guy I'm trying to start in my team. Fair enough. I mean, we definitely have a different philosophy when it comes to taking tight ends in mock drafts and drafts in general. You like to take them a little higher than I do, where I like to focus on more skill positions and then take them usually in later rounds. But uh, yeah. that's fair. So uh, let's move on to the final team in this division, which is the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Uh, obviously, looking at their new additions, there are quite a few of them. Added Teddy Bridgewater, who uh, Trent is oh, very yeah. high on. Rob, Robbie Anderson from the Jets, speedy receiver. And then you got to commend them for going all defense uh, in the draft. Matt Rule, he had a game plan. He stuck to it. Receivers started to fall to the Panthers, but they stuck to the game plan. Took Derek Brown with the first-round pick. Uh, D-tackle out of Auburn. That, for me, was a little questionable Questionable because I loved Isaiah Simmons, and he was still there, but Brown was the next best guy on my list. Uh, with their two second-round picks, they took Penn State defensive end Yatur Gross-Matos and Southern Illinois safety Jeremy Chin, along with a myriad of uh, other defensive players later in the draft. So, you know, I'm uh, proud of Matt Rule for sticking to his game plan, and I'm excited for this Panthers team in the future. Yeah, I mean, Honest, like I, I talked to you um, before the podcast, and just looking at what their team has and like what they did with the draft, where their roster's at. If you put this team in a division like the AFC East, I could see them coming out and winning the division. I know it sounds crazy. I'm a big fan of Bridgewater, I think he's a really good quarterback. They have arguably the best running back in the NFL. He, there's a solid wide receiver core. Um, with more with Anderson Samuel um, and their defense, they beefed it up with the draft. Their defense was was already, I mean, it was okay, it wasn't great, but like with the, with these additions, especially Derek Brown, I thought Derek Brown was a, was a great pick at seven. Um, I was a big fan of him at Auburn, um, but I I really like this Panthers team, and I feel bad that they're in this division because they're not going to win many games against the Saints, the Bucks, and the and the Falcons. But um, I really like what they've done. Yeah, I mean, I do too. Uh, we'll see. They'll probably like, like you said, they're not going to win that many games. They're going up against three tough teams. They obviously have to play that's six really tough games throughout the year. I don't see them even reaching a five hundred at this point. I see them more of a, like a six and ten, seven and nine team. But they could be serious contenders in one to two years. You know, say after this year, Drew Brees and Tom Brady retire. Maybe it's time for Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers to take over the NFC South. Just yeah, maybe. I, th- I think you're going to see some 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 real flashes for the future this year. And I, I, exactly what you said, I think reason, especially Brady. I mean, Brady's going to be gone in no more than two years. Breeze, I think, is gone in, in no more than two, two or three years. I think he's still got some juice left in him, but that's just me. Um, but, I mean, this is going to be a division that um, all the other teams completely just – Start to go on a downhill slope, and this young Carolina Panthers core is gonna blow them out of the water. I think I think the Panthers are really good. Uh, like you said, team two to three years from now, uh, is this gonna be their year? No. Would I be shocked if you know they went five hundred? Not at all. They have the skill. It's just they're not with the schedule they have. It's just it's just not looking likely. Um, but I love what they've done. 
Um, I like I said, don't think they're going to be a playoff contender. Um, but if you tell me they they win eight games this season, I could see it. I could definitely see it. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we've touched a lot on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, obviously, you're a huge fan of him. I think he can do a good job. So let's get into the fantasy aspect of this Panthers team. Uh, an interesting one is Teddy Bridgewater. He finished as QB 31 last year, which is impressive considering he only started, what was it, five games for the team. Uh, so he was better than a lot of the other guys that got chances with more games with other worse teams. One of them, Dwayne Haskins, by the way, who Trent, Trent is a Redskins fan. <laughs> this is not true. But, um, yeah, Trent, where do you think uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to end up in terms of a fantasy quarterback? for? I mean, where he's going to end up, I think, is probably going to be um, QB, uh, maybe 18 to 20. Um, I could see him going I, – I, I could – I could see you like you drafting him in maybe a, a dynasty league or a, 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 a two-quarterback deep league, but he's not a guy you want to draft um, any time in a normal 10- to 12-team um, fantasy football league. Uh, great, great quarterback, just it, it's not going not gonna to happen this year. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there, there, there are yeah. better options this year for sure. He's gonna be. I mean, if he, you know, if he's a stud, then you end up picking him up off the waiver wire. He could be a waiver wire hero like Patrick Mahomes was two years ago for a lot of people, including me. Uh, but yeah, looking at the rest of this team for a fan, from a fantasy perspective, though, you've got two guys that really stick out, and the first one is obviously Christian McCaffrey. CMAC was a monster last year, MVP candidate, finished as RB one, was the best fantasy player by a long shot, put up around 470 fantasy points in PPR League. Uh, The dude's a monster. And then you have DJ Moore, who is a third-year receiver coming into this year. Uh, He finished as wide receiver 15 in 2019 with guys like Kyle Allen throwing him the ball. I'm sorry, Kyle Allen, not to throw you any shade, but like the production that he was able to put up with those shaky quarterbacks under center for him, that shows a lot about his potential in his. Season. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, going off, off with CMC, I mean, he's going to be the number one pick in your draft. If he's not, there's there's, there's, some, there's some questions some to be asked of who is in your league if he's not going one. I don't think, I no don't problem. think we've, Jeff and I have been in a, a, quite a few mock drafts so far this year. I have not seen him knock knock off the board on one. Um, DJ Moore. I mean, like you said, finishing wide receiver 15 with guys like Kyle Allen or Will Greer at quarterback is a feat, is, is an incredible accomplishment. Um, I could see him doing really well. Um, if he can um, build a good connection with Teddy Bridgewater, you could see him. Uh, I don't see him top. I, I could see him like 10th. I don't really see him in the top 10 just with, with how many guys, uh, strong guys are this year. Um, but I, I could definitely see him putting up strong numbers. Um, could be, you know, nine, nine, nine or ten touchdowns. Um, and then they also added Robbie Anderson. Um, Speedy hasn't really gotten like a good shot. Uh, he's he's been like with the Jets. hasn't hasn't had like Sam Darnold didn't have his his best season last year. Um, he hasn't really had guys to throw to him. Tate Bridgewater, you know, could, and Anderson could connect a lot of deep balls. Um, and he could have a lot better year than than I think. Why does he were thirty nine last year? He he could be as high as maybe twenty five, but um, I, I don't think he can get that high. 
I absolutely. But I we see a lot of people sleeping and even hating on Robbie Henderson going into this year. And I mean, looking at what he did, sure, he's been inconsistent. That's been the biggest knock in him throughout his career. But look at who has been throwing yeah. him the ball. I mean, we got to give him a little more credit. Sam Darnold has not been the best quarterback in the NFL for the past couple of years. And before Sam Darnold, looking at the guys that were throwing him the ball, still, the talent hasn't been there under center for him. He's going to have a much more reliable quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. Plays it very safe, even if he isn't the flashiest guy at all times. He's going to have a good year, whether he's uh, – legitimate fantasy option is yet to be seen but he'll yeah, be a good player i say he's definitely a guy you draft he's throwing your bench and you know you got guys on by or he starts really exploding I mean, he's definitely a guy to draft I, I don't see why not um just stash him on your bench you know absolutely all right, you know, we've uh, extended our welcome a little bit. We've gone a little longer than we planned. So I think that's going to be a wrap on the first episode of The Rollout. Trent, it was great working with you. I'm looking forward to doing so in the future. Yeah, man. I thought this was great. I mean, like you said, we definitely went over our, our target 30 minutes. Um, we'll definitely work on that for uh, the next couple episodes of going through division by division. Uh, but hopefully you guys uh, got a good idea fantasy-wise and, uh, fantasy and just um, – just looking at the NFL in general, just a, a better picture of what the NFC, NFC South is about. Um, but yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we'll be back Monday with the second episode of this series where we will be analyzing the NFC East.